Yeah, so my big vision at some point is to have like a sculpture gallery connecting all of the different units because we're kind of like in a subdivision here, so the lots are pretty close to each other. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's The Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training, and education, and much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with the podcast. Right Club Nation, welcome. I'm Sarah Larby, and I'm here with Francois Lantier, and we are in for a treat today. We are having a great guest talking about some really unique, out-of-the-box real estate investing. But before we get into that, Francois, what is new and exciting in your world? So anyway, it's really going to tie in with this subject, but I'm getting more and more into short-term rentals, starting with Costa Rica. So this will be my second short-term rental. And I love some of the ideas that Sylvia shared. So you have to stay, like to listen to the full episode right till the end. The very last thing she says is also gold. So that's what's going on. And how about you, Sarah? What's new? You know, working on the resort, working on some of the new developments, I am um, enjoying life. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of starting a new YouTube show. I am now busy with that. Well, I shouldn't say busy. It doesn't take that much time, but I'm, I'm uh, co-guesting and producing the Everyday Investor Show on CHCH TV, which airs Sunday mornings and Friday at like 12.30 a.m. as well. Believe it or not, a lot of people watch TV then. Um, so yeah, like I'm I'm excited. You know, this, uh, this is a new chapter of my life of trying to just do things that are fun and exciting, still make money along the way. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's why we do real estate investing. And that's why Sylvia, our guest today, is into real estate investing to be able to use her creativity and her experience and her marketing background to do some really cool stuff. So tiny homes, and some really cool ways to utilize land and put some yurts on them, you are going to want to listen to this podcast episode. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast. Check us out, rightclub.com as well, therightclub.com and rightclub on Instagram and leave a rating and review. So Francois, what do we say? Let's get to the episode. Awesome. <laughs> Sylvia, welcome to the Right Club podcast. It is a pleasure having you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So right before we were recording, we were talking about some really cool things that you're doing and you're working on the, like, some, something that's very close to my heart as well. Um, you know, some tiny home compounds before we get into that. And I do want to, you know, definitely get some, some of your um, experience there. How did you get started in real estate investing and maybe just share with us like what your portfolio looks like as of today? Okay. That's like actually kind of a funny story. So the Adirondack Mountains in New York State, which is actually where I am right now at my cabin, um, they have been a big part of my life since I was young. I came here every summer. And um, they're so 
important to me. Like my dad is actually buried here. When he died, he was buried here. So it's a very important spot for our family. I come every summer still. I bring my kids every summer. And my godparents are kind of the only family I have left and they're here. And I was just starting to think like, oh, my kids aren't getting enough time with them. And I was renting a house down here every time I come and it was costing me like an arm and a leg as my family was growing. So my um, godparents were real estate agents and they kept encouraging me like maybe look at buying something down here. But it just never really seemed right because we were like at the time married and growing a family. And then after my divorce, I was in an awkward position where I sold my marital home, but as a single parent of two kids and one has special needs, I could not afford a house in Ontario. I, I had a good job and I had a huge down payment, but I just didn't have the credit history. I had lots of barriers. So um, I didn't really know what to do, but <laughs> I had this crazy idea. And I bought a um, $4,000 1970s vintage Airstream that was totally gutted. And the plan was I was just going to like park it on my godfather's land. And then when we came down, me and the kids have somewhere to stay so we could be here more. Um, then the town was like, you can't put a hunk of junk here. That's against the bylaws. <laughs> so I had to find a place to put it. So I hired a real estate agent who would work with me um, to find land. It's very inexpensive down here at the time. An acre was about like $3,000. This was wow. 2018. Yeah, very cheap. <laughs> so I had like an Ontario mindset of like what things cost. And so I'd never really looked into it. And then I was like, okay, I have to find somewhere to put this thing. And I was in a rush and um, the agent I had was like really clever and he was an investor. And he said to me like, what was your budget for fixing up the Airstream? So I said, well, you know, about 70,000. And he was like, what if instead of <laughs> that, we bought a house and then you could just put your Airstream in the parking lot. And I was like, or like the driveway. And I was like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> I can buy a house for $70,000. And so that was like all the money that I had and um, ended up buying this three bedroom A-frame in the woods and it came with two acres. It's a subdivided lot. So one acre has uh, the A-frame and the other acre has nothing yet. So yeah, so that's, I accidentally bought a house because I wanted somewhere to park my trailer. <laughs> that's awesome. <And> <laughs> Basically, what ended up happening is uh, what started off as like a place for me and my family to come to. Then I was like, well, maybe with my family's help, like I could get a cleaner and it's, I could rent it out just to cover the heating bill when I'm not here. And it escalated and escalated. And um, yeah, it, it turned into an actual business. So I got introduced to the Wright Club just shortly after, I think about three months after I purchased this house. And then and, and just um, from a, a, an annual, like what year was it? Just so that everyone's on the same page there. Oh, that I found the right club. I found you guys like February, 2019. Okay. So that, and that was your first one. So you're, you're still fairly yeah. new at, at doing all this. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So then, um, I started going to the right club, like all the time doing podcasts and all that stuff. And, um, then I used, um, some techniques that I learned from the club to buy my primary residence. So I actually went door knocking and did a private sale by leaving notes on all my favorite houses in the neighborhood that I could afford and ended up doing a private sale from another single mom who just like, I just basically took pity on me and gave me her house. I got a three bedroom house 
for 250 in 2019. <laughs> yeah, in the GTA, in Erin. Um, it's a cute little town. It was like a miracle. Uh, I really feel like my entire journey has kind of been just blessed by the angels and like these happy accidents. So that, I remember I wrote an email to you, Sarah, at the time saying like, I don't know if you know, but like the right club saved me and the kids because Amazing. we couldn't afford the rent. It was like $3,000 to rent in Georgetown before where I was living. And then I got a mortgage on that little house and it just saved me, really. I, Sorry, I, I, love, I love your story. That That's <laughs> amazing. Congratulations. And, you know, and I, I, I don't think that luck just happens. Like, I, I think you yeah. created it and you've put it out there and you've put in, you know, the, the effort to get something and it repays you by giving you this awesome opportunity and that you run with it. Yeah, definitely. So then because of Right Club, I also started working with Claire and she was helping me. And so when I told her what I was doing, she was like, no, don't give me your money. You need to buy another one of those houses. There are more of them. Go buy more of them. And so I started looking and looking. I was actually um, down here at the cabin in New York when um, the pandemic hit and Justin told us all to come home. Uh, I was actually supposed to be seen in another house that day. So I didn't get to, I had to come back. Um, so this whole pandemic, I haven't been home. I haven't been able to to do anything. And the prices down here also skyrocketed. Uh, everybody wants to be secluded and in the woods now. So the equity has really gone up. But um, I did just a couple months ago, did buy finally my second property. So it was a $30,000 one acre with uh, unfinished tiny house on it. So which is only 200 square feet. So I have that. And that'll also be the site of the future um, Airstream, which is going to be renovated and turned into another two-person suite. And then my uh, vacant acre as well, which is attached to the um, to the A-frame, is, well, I'm constructing something from scratch there. So it's in permitting. I've never built anything before. I never, I didn't even know I changed an air filter before this. So anyways, <laughs> some of the terms that are near to me, I told my contractor the other day, I was like, I think we have mice in the wall stuffing. And he was like, the what? I'm like, you know, the stuffing for the walls. And he was like, you mean insulation? I was like, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Very, so very cool. I really went from like absolutely no knowledge. And so now I'm learning about um, getting blueprints and permitting. And we're building um, a tiny house as well that's 560 square feet on the, on the vacant acre. So very shortly, I will have four properties or four units going. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Enjoying this podcast? Then you might want to listen to REI Branded Podcast too. If you're looking to build your real estate investing business, reach more people and stand out from the competition, and you want to listen to the REI Branded Podcast. My name is Paul Copcut, and every day I work with busy real estate investors like you who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right business opportunities without having to attend all the networking events, Zoom meetings, be glued to social media, or feel too salesy. I love figuring out the latest strategies, hacks, and ideas that help them do that. And I want to share with you what works and what doesn't. That's why the REI branded podcast is for you. It's about marketing your real estate investing business, but from a brand perspective, because marketing is how you get their attention, but branding is why they choose you. On the REI branded podcast, we look to decode and uncover what makes a real estate investor brandtastic and how you can apply it to your own real estate investing business to attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time. 
Go to your favorite podcast app to download or find us at reibranded.com. Thank you. And now back to the show. And they're, and they're unique too, right? This is not like yeah. the cookie cutter typical thing. Um, you're creating something unique. You're creating something fun. I mean, real estate can be fun as well. Like it, there should be a boring aspect to it, but it should be, it could be fun in what you're creating. So that, that is really cool. And I just want to go back for a second. I'm sure Fonso will have some questions, but when you're saying Claire, we're talking about Claire Drage from the Windsor yes. group, who's a mortgage Sorry. broker, but also is a, um, so if you, if you're a private lender and you want to be passive and you have money that you want to invest, she could do that for you. So there's like lots of different avenues that you can go. So I just want to make sure that everybody's kind of caught up on, on who Claire is. Justin is, is Justin, our, our prime minister. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to, I'm going to just stop it from there that like, I can figure out people can probably read from my facial expressions or, or whatnot, but I, I won't make any comments on that. However, I think it is really cool that you're building some tiny houses. Why tiny homes? Why not like typical stick build? Like, well, you know, what was the concept or the, or the idea behind why you wanted to go that route? Yeah. So Originally, it was the Airstream because I was so nervous to do real estate investing. In my brain, I was like, well, if it really flops, I'll just attach it to my truck and bring it home. I don't have to be committed to something. It felt really like less risky. I had done the research and knew that renovated Airstreams were selling for a very high level. So it just seemed something that was like manageable at the time. But since then, um, so uh, my slogan for my company, because I've since incorporated in the US, is habitable art. So I've really done a lot of research. I've been to so many different um, Airbnbs that have the sort of mood that I'm looking for. I love when they're unique. I love that they're Instagrammable. I, I've also noticed that um, just from my experience and my research that you can have, um, a house like this cabin, I can have up to uh, eight people sleeping here, but it pretty much rents for the same price as a small, unique, tiny home. Um, actually, some recent stats I heard is that like 38% of Airbnb searches are for two people. So it is sort of the market that there are definitely family markets, but there's also a very big emerging solo and couple market. And what they really want is something absolutely unique and something that they can, you know, brag about staying at. Yeah, it's so true. Theming, I'm seeing it everywhere. It's, it's really important. So what do you integrate? So habitable art, do you have sculptures, like what's going on inside <laughs> and outside, I assume? <laughs> Yeah, so my big vision at some point is to have like a sculpture gallery connecting all of the different um, units because uh, we're kind of like in a subdivision here. So the lots are pretty close to each other. Um, and I also just kind of go crazy with the branding and with the decorating. So um, each of our my properties is named after one of the mountains here and it has different thematic stuff based on that. So like the A-frame is called Wolf Jaw after the mountain and it has a wolf theme and there's lots of fun places you can kind of like snap a photo and then the trailer is Owl's Head after the mountain and it has all the little owl plates and figurines and just like really gone overboard with the detailing. And um, oh, I forgot to mention also my fiance has also got a property in South Africa, which I think Francois and I originally connected about that um and his is a mermaid theme 
he's kind of copied what I'm doing. And um, so there's like mermaid murals, mermaid bedding, mermaid kitchen items, like everything is mermaid. And so we really kind of like lean into the theme and just make it kitschy, but fun. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. So like, you know, as, as you're talking, I, you know, I think we have a lot of things in common because I'm, as you know, building a resort and I, I want each little cottage to be theme different and have a different vision, still upscale. But I, I think there is something unique about being in one unit and saying, hey, next time I come up or one cabin, when next time you come up, you go into something different. So like it, it almost creates, in my opinion, this recurring customer that's going to come back because they want to test out the other option. Um, but it, it also puts you on the map for um, being able to get, I think, tourists from, you know, even internationally, uh, if you can yeah, get absolutely. You know, something unique. And so uh, there's that experience, right? There's that, it's an experience element. And I, I do agree with you at some point. Yes, you know, there's lots of people traveling in six and eight, um, but there's many people still looking for, you know, a nice couple getaway, something different, something that they can say, you know, I've been to this and that was the experience. And there was so many different things, you know, Instagrammable things uh, as well, but just something completely different than, than another up and down the street cottage that they can get. And I think, I think more and more and more, um, this is going to become, I think, important for especially people that are in Ontario wanting to experience Ontario, wanting to experience something unique. There might not be, a, you know, um, again, who knows with, with what's going to happen, but uh, an opportunity to be traveling as much potentially as, as before with the pandemics and the restrictions that um, what can we create uh, in Ontario or in the U.S. in this case, you know, so people can stay uh, in, you know, their hometown and, and you know, reinvest uh, in, in that tourist industry. So, um, you know, maybe share with us, uh, you know, some of, you, some of your vision, like, obviously, you're, you're acquiring more, but like, where, what is it that your, maybe your goals are um, with, with all of this? Yeah, so the next um, project that we definitely want to do is um, in South Africa, we want to do a, um, a houseboat, actually, that's going to be located right near the primate reserve, and it's going to be called Sea Monkey, <laughs> and um, it's definitely monkey themed, so that one is in the, in the works next for South Africa, and then um, here, the four projects I've kind of got on the go are keeping me busy, but um, Recently, my godfather showed me a bunch of um, beautiful drawings, uh, concept drawings that my dad had done as an architect um, for this area of tiny houses that he wanted to build, which I had no idea that like he was doing that. <laughs> and he has them like stamped and the blueprints and everything. So my dream is to build his houses as well. And just, they never got realized. So I just would love to see them built. He had one that he made that was like um, specifically designed for nudists was commissioned. And so it was completely um, mirrored glass so that the nudists who lived inside could see out, but they, people couldn't see in. And that I just- Hilarious, but also- very It needs amazing. to be made. And it's unique. And that that is something that around the globe people will talk about. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to take a little bit of risks. And here, here's the thing. I, I think there's money to be had, but I think it's also like, you know, this is also your fun money, right? So- you don't want to put all of your eggs in, in this basket, but I think it, it's got the opportunity to, to be very lucrative 
Um, but again, it's like a little bit of a higher risk, but I think it, I think it's cool because I've never heard of anything like that. And not that I'm, you know, a nudist or, or whatnot, but if I was, that would be really cool. Like I would, like, I'd be very intrigued to test it out and you get, you know, you're, you're creating these little niche opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, um, people that just will say, this is, you know, I have to do this because it's on my bucket list. You're creating bucket list opportunities. Yeah, they have the opportunity to kind of go viral too, which is sort of my background in marketing and fundraising is making a story basically. So I have like a merch line as well. People can buy the merchandise for each of the houses, which have their own name and branding. Um, So you can have, you know, like a onesie or a sweater from my my house. And um, that's so cool. I want the mermaid one. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun. I love this theme. Wait, hang on, hang on. Ponso, I didn't know you were a mermaid. Uh, I know, I'm just kidding. I I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) Everyone loves mermaids. I did it on purpose. There some truth to it. You never know. There's nothing wrong with that if you like mermaids. Um, The other goal I have is to get all of the houses to be sustainable. So the new construction is going in on well water and on solar and, and the... The goal is also for the A-frame to get solar. I've had a quote in and I just have to kind of play with the cash flow and the right timing, but I do want to convert everything over to solar. I think that's another thing that I really have been loving about becoming the kind of real estate investor that I am is I've taken a lot of like the core principles, but I really am also making a business that's based around my value system. So my value system is sustainability. It's, you know, generational wealth for my children with disabilities. It's, you know, adoption advocacy. So a lot of the um, work that I do is in the communities as well. So in South Africa, we volunteer, we give back and we're doing like just a lot of work um, that's in alignment with my values. So it isn't just, it isn't just a way for me to retire early. (laughs) For me, I think we might not ever become the tycoons that some people in our club might be, but we're going to build like sustainable communities um, that we really are proud of and that we love and that we're really excited to like share with people. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation. Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We, as Elevation Realty, are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we get very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca. That is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca. And let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan 
they found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. I love hearing this. This is so great. This is not a contest. You don't need to get a million units and become rich and have a Lamborghini and your own helicopter and helipad. It's not essential. So you really touched on a very important point here is something that represents you and your family and your long-term values. And that leads me to one of your questions. So do you have any tips to get started? Because you have quite an impressive story, short term, like short amount of time, and you've really turned it around. And how do you get started? I Like not everybody's going to buy an Airstream and park it somewhere and buy the land to park it. Do you have any other tips like financing or... Yeah, so, so far I've done everything cash, um, but you definitely can get financing as a Canadian in the States. You, there are many um, banks that offer vacation mortgages for the States. You can also, once you incorporate, build your own credit and get mortgages from US. Um, so there's definitely ways you can do it. And I think that's my number one tip is, and the thing that was holding me back so long was having an Ontario mindset. So once I started looking outside of my circle of understanding and started to look at other communities, I really did see that it was possible for me to get started. And I had that equity from my marital house to get going with, but um, I've been mentoring other people. And one of the big things that's coming up and that I used on one of my properties as well is camping. So you can actually, in many areas, just rent out vacant land for people to bring their own RVs, their own tents. Um, and I started that way while I was waiting for the cash flow to start the construction on the tiny house. I just rented it out as for RVs only for the summer. And it did really well. And it's so easy. And yeah, as long as your bylaws allow it, um, there's so many different ways now that you can really get started. Another thing I'm doing in Erin, uh, it's a farming community where I live in Ontario, is I've um, started a glamping business where I, I talk to the farmers who want to do um, farm stays and I bring the tent and the setup and do the property management. And so then I don't even have to have the land. I just have to have the really fancy, cute yurt tents and um, I do the portable showers, the porta potties, and I even have like an upsell price for a portable hot tub. And I just come in and, and set up on the farm and I have an agreement um, where I share the profits with the farm owners and then make completely hands off for them, which is, I guess, kind of like the Airbnb arbitrage that people have been doing. Like, I again, taking the concepts that other people use for traditional and paring it down to like really simple, easy, low cost, because you could start that business for like $10,000. It's almost like a pop-up um, resort yeah. in a way. <laughs> this is really cool. My goodness. And what a great way to start. Like you said, $10,000 is not out of this world. It's possible. You could borrow it. And then finding sources of income, like you mentioned, you leverage your land, you rented it out to be able to afford the next phase. And now the construction, are you still self-financing it? Yeah. So I'm very lucky that I uh, partnered with a contractor who has a lot of big jobs. He's actually my real estate agent who sold me this house originally and also an investor. So he lets me piggyback off of his bigger jobs and his team. So basically every month I tell him like, this is my budget this month. I have $2,000. Do what you can. And 
he just gets, um, you know, like a toilet put in <laughs> or like a little bit of flooring. So we've kind of been working at it that way piecemeal because um, I've just, I've been a little bit stalled in terms of getting all of my ducks in a row in terms of um, the banking and all of the credit and everything down here because I was unable to cross the border and do things. So I've had to kind of just really figure out how to do this from a distance um, kind of unexpectedly because I was really using family and friends before and then things took off like crazy. I, I think anybody who's had an Airbnb um, during 2020 onward knows that it was quite unexpected how, how much of a boom that we experienced. So I've kind of been playing catch up this whole past year. I've been playing catch up since I decided to do real estate investing, I think. Sylvia, I, I think you said so many great things. So I, I just want to go back to, you know, the concept that you have, because it's funny, because for our resort, because it's, it is going to be a five-year project and it's just like, okay, what do we want to do year one? What do you want to do year two? Um, I wish we could build them all tomorrow and everything is going to be there. Cause I think for ours, we got approved for 15 of them, but it's not going to happen all of my year. Um, but we weren't actually talking about the yurts and like a portable shower and a portable bathroom and having some of that option alongside with, you know, some already built stuff. I think that's a great concept. One of the things I will say there is, uh, and I don't know if you've, if you've heard of them or if you've um, worked with them, but hip camp yes. is, is a company that if you have land. Uh, and you have, you know, it could just be a tent that they put up or a trailer that they can come on, or you might have the trailer or you might have the tent or you might have the glamping tent. It's like an Airbnb for camping and for land. And I think that like, that's a really, really cool new um, company that I think is going to really um, grow like wildfire over, uh, you know, over the next few years. Have you a um, is that how you're advertising or are there other avenues that you're using? Yeah, I did um, this summer when I did the camping on the tiny home site. I used both Hip Camp and Airbnb because you can list a campsite in Airbnb as well. well at least you can down in the States. I don't know if it's the same in Canada, but um, and so I tested out both and Hip Camp it hasn't got quite as much like popularity yet, but I also used Hip Camp this summer as a at a camper myself and I went to a hobbit house in Ontario I used it myself to test out and see how I liked it as a user and then I did also use it um yeah for the summer for the camping bookings very cool and and these tents that you're getting because I mean we're looking at renting them as an example we're looking at renting the bathrooms and, and the portable showers um are you renting them are you buying these tents um because I think it's like you like going back to your Airbnb arbitrage for land I think that is genius like Guys, if you're listening to this, there's lots of farmers out there. Could you um, reach out to them and say, hey, I'm going to set up a few tents, rent them out. Let's split the profits or I'm going to, you know, pay you X dollars. Let me do this for like even the summer season. Like, yeah, just the season. I just yeah. do. Yeah. Like, um, like the warm season, because otherwise you have to get the, the little um which isn't a big deal, but I didn't think there'd be that as much demand. I, I'm telling you, if somebody's listening to this, like act, this is like, to me, this is like a gold, gold, gold piece of like golden nugget. Farmers, land, yeah. summer, made a Labor Day, see what you can do, rent some tents and like start making a profit. Like, I think it's a great cash flowing property. I mean, I have my own land. I'm, I don't need to, to borrow somebody else's, but a great way to get started. And so can you, can you maybe share like the conversation roughly with overview of what, what it was like with a farmer, like what you suggested, what you got in return? 
Yeah, sure. So I am deciding to buy the tents, but basically I went out and did some like door knocking with a proposal first. And so once I have a signed contract, then I purchase the tent. And the reason I decided to purchase is because I have property down here. I'm for sure if I don't get a renewal or I decide I don't like it, I can put the tent down here and it'll be really popular down here as well. But at the time I came up with this idea, I never, I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to cross the border again. So, and I was just really frustrated that I wasn't being able to move forward with new land purchase either because the prices has skyrocketed. So I came up with this kind of like meantime solution. And so, yeah, I just basically went with them to them with a proposal. I picked farms that were in my area because I was planning to do the flipping of the uh, cleaning and everything in between myself. So I targeted people just really close to me and I targeted farms that I knew had really interesting attractions and just went and talked to them. And a lot of them want to have people come and like pet their alpacas or like have a picnic or like learn about sustainable farming or buy things from their little market that they have on site, but they don't necessarily have the um like business sense or or energy especially during growing season to be managing a whole other farm stay but farm stays are getting super duper popular as well and so i do know that maybe some of the farmers that i have on contract may decide that they loved it so much that they want to take it on by themselves next year without me kind of steal the idea which is fine which is like i'll just maintain the the possession of the tent and look for a different place. But yeah, so basically um, fall time, I was out doing uh, the pitches and then yeah. I have a deadline for, for for February for anybody who wants to get on board for the following summer. That's cool. So I think maybe like just thinking out loud here, like even signing like a three-year, five-year contract of like, here's what I'm going to pay you each month from May to September so that they can't steal it away from you necessarily yeah you know something along those lines i would say have have ink on paper and then you know maybe every season if you like make over a certain amount or whatnot then you give them like a little incentive bonus like there's so many things that you can do i'm almost thinking like people with like lots of like acres and land in the Kawarthas, maybe on the water and they can't build anything you know it could be a great opportunity it could be muskoka or whatnot but check the rules regulations and then what about insurance how did that you work that out yeah, so um, insurance, I do still need to do a little bit more research on insurance, although the insurance um, for the Airbnb will cover most things, because as you know, uh, any host that comes through the Airbnb, any guest that comes through the Airbnb site is covered for insurance on your property. And I obviously have business liability insurance and then the farm themselves has insurance, but we do need to still kind of like close that gap to make sure that between those three insurances that any kind of possibility that we can think of heard. Um, yeah, I, I love your idea, Sarah. I, the reason I didn't do that is because I wasn't too sure if I was going to love being tied down to my town all summer, because like you, I love to take advantage of the real estate investing lifestyle and I like to take off um, and not be around in the summer. So yeah, I, I think that's a super great idea though. Yeah. And you can find like people that you trust in the area and delegate it to them and give them an incentive for making sure that it's run well. And, you know, you can even just yeah. hire it. Like it might almost make sense to hire like you know, I don't know, maybe a student in the summer that's like really like engaged, a co-op student that's in the hospitality industry. Like we're actually right now looking at different schools that have like programs on resorts and, and hospitality and tourism. And I'm like, 
this could be their co-op is working who's trying to you know helping us put the resort stuff together right those little things that uh, from a hospitality standpoint so there's a lot i mean so many so many ideas that you could take this in so many directions but like it's a you know money money can be found and if you're looking for a business and you're you know starting off with not a whole lot like maybe buy a tent uh convince a farmer to let you pitch it up for the summer and start advertising it on Airbnb again, work, work through obviously the legalities of it, um, and the insurance standpoint, but perfect way to make money. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity out there in the camping era and it's, they're really, really just gaining popularity. There's, um, geodesic domes is another one that's really cool right now that I'm looking into doing as well, probably down here, because I want to do a, a wooden structure, a more permanent one that's four season. But yeah, there's so many really interesting, um, cheap and easy structures that you can put up. And uh, you have to check with your bylaws. There is sometimes issues that that's one of the other reasons I really love the Adirondacks is that we're not having a lot of the same bylaws that Ontario has around um, tiny homes can be quite limiting, but that's why the farm works really well because it's just counts as an outbuilding so you don't have to worry about that as much. Yeah, I wonder with the short term rentals because I'm thinking uh, Prince Edward County it's all filled with wineries, it would be beautiful, but they have very tough restrictions on short term rentals, so would this be one of them and. But it, this could be great where where it's allowed and you go where it is allowed, just like you said, in the Adirondacks, it's more favorable than go there, like nothing's stopping you from doing it. So I just love it. Such an inspiration. You've really turned things around and you're living your passion. I think it's it's excellent. Um, yeah, I think we're going to get into the lightning round, Sarah. All right, awesome. <laughs> Taking away your line there. No, that's good. It's not my line. It's, you know, whoever's line wants to... Uh... So you're line too. All right. So Sylvia, we are going to go into the lightning round. We're going to ask you four questions that everybody gets the same four. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> this week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 M-T-G-T-E-A-M. And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, so question number one, what is the best advice you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Oh, okay. So Jen Richer, who is the one who brought me to Bright Club. Oh, thank you, Jen. <laughs> thank you, Jen. Um, she was like, I'm going to take you here because it'll help you feel less crazy. And I think about that all the time because I was feeling very crazy at the beginning when I would try to like explain to like friends and family. I was like, well, I just kind of like, I don't know, I bought a trailer by accident and then I put it on land and now I have this thing and I live all the way over here and it's over there, but I, I think it's going to work out. I don't know. The numbers around me look good. So I think of that all the time that that was probably one of the biggest helps that I got is to surround myself with a community 
that helped me say like, oh my God, not only are you not crazy, but you are really, really interesting and really smart. And I want to do what you're doing. And I kept hearing that every time I would come to the meetups and I was like, you want to do what I'm doing, but I'm doing this really stupid, weird thing. <laughs> I don't know. But when they were hearing about like the returns and the profits and stuff, they were like, yeah, that's not usual. Like your cash flow is very high. <laughs> so it was yeah, so awesome to, awesome to have that advice. That's excellent. And what's what's your uh, most uh, your favorite real estate investing resource? A book, a club, a podcast? Okay, obviously this podcast, but also I really love a site that's a website that's called airdna.com, I think, which is really fantastic. We used it when we were deciding where to uh, invest in South Africa, like which region of South Africa. Um, so what it does is tell you all the different all the different regions you can zero into a town it'll tell you the average night suspense the price uh, booking rates everything it's a small fee to pay to get the the full data but it's absolutely amazing and i use it a lot for thinking about new areas as well absolutely so it's airdna.co it is an awesome site and you can check the occupancy and you can do your numbers i i think it's a, a great tool especially for anybody thinking about short-term rentals mid-term rentals Thank you, Sylvia, for sharing that. That's a great, great, great tip. So question number three, what is the one attribute in your opinion that has made you the most successful? I think I'm just like a dreamer and I just want to make things that I like. And I just have a lot of faith that I am my own target market. So if I build something I like, <laughs> I just trust and I I'm sure that like other people are going to really enjoy it and love it too. So I'm no longer feeling crazy. I'm feeling like really fun and creative. And I feel like I'm finally like living maybe what I was called to do. It seems like I was my birthright maybe <laughs> to start making weird houses in the Adirondacks. And I don't know why it took me so long to find out that, but now, yeah, here I am. And I'm just... I uh, have, to, have to have a lot of faith in myself because it has been pretty scary along the way, but overall just love having fun and, and just being expressive like that. Yeah, and you're doing great. I mean, you're creating your own life and your own lifestyle and everything. That's the beauty of being a real estate investor is you customize your life. So this leads me to question number four. What do you typically do on a Sunday morning? So again, customizing your life. <laughs> uh, so my kids, um, we, are, we do battle of brunches. So we like to test out all sorts of different brunches and then give it ratings. Um, sometimes we go out and sometimes they challenge me to cook it for them. So we do that. And um, uh, typically I'm also usually like running away. I am one of the biggest Airbnb guests I know I love exploring and trying out new places I've been stayed at tree houses I've stayed in domes and yurts and all sorts of things I'm constantly finding new places I love little tiny road trips so I I'm often running away very cool I love it and that idea of the brunch like genius I I will participate just let me know <laughs> let me know where to show up <laughs> <laughs> brunch is my favorite meal. I love it. Sylvia, that was a lightning round. Thank you so much for playing. Where can the Right Club Nation reach out and find out more? Uh, Instagram is usually the best place to find me. I'm there pretty often. So I'll get back to you quickly. And it's at C-A-D-K Vacations. Amazing. Awesome. Sylvia, thank you so much for being on the show. 
And uh, I'm really excited. Like you provided so much great insight, so many great pieces of information. I, I hope that, um, you know, everyone's going to take something away and actually action it out. Cause I think there is a great, great opportunity. Um, luckily many people for us will probably not. So it's not going to be saturated, but I'm telling you, if you want to make some quick cash, these are some really good pieces of information. Sylvia, thank you so much. Like you are, you are awesome. And you've done all of this in the last like three years, which is even more remarkable. And so thank you for, for being a right club community member and, um, coming out to our events and connecting with, uh, with the network. And so we really appreciate it. Thank you. I just wanted to say one more thing too. Um, I really think that the upcoming trend for Airbnbs is going to be on near national parks. So for people who are interested in doing this kind of glamping tiny house, look for small towns around national parks and we're going to see a lot, a lot of um, increased traffic to nature and the, the tiny homes and the fun experiences near nature. More golden mm -hmm. tips. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> No problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Hey, Sarah. So what did you think about renting a piece of land from a farmer? I could see you doing that and then renting it out. I would, I would totally, totally do that. I am literally going to like call my assistant Aisha and bring the idea forward. Not necessarily, you know, for, for creating something big, but like in the Kawarthas, there's lots of people with lots of land, waterfronts, you know, maybe, maybe we could just add one or two of these yurts or, you know, what I was thinking too, is as we're, we're probably going to buy some for the phase, the first phases of our resort before everything gets built, we can move them yeah. afterwards to these other locations so that it's not just like, cause I want to keep them there forever, but you get some cool glamping yurts. And, you know, once everything is built, we don't want to have them there. We can move them to somebody's property and negotiate something and rent them out there. It's a pop-up resort. I love the idea. You've seen pop-up <laughs> Hey, you know what? That's so smart. It has the pop-up resort. That is genius. I, I you know what? I, lo I loved, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm, I've just been doing this for a little while now, but I love like just new cool concepts and new ideas. And like sometimes real estate can be yes. fun. Boy, absolutely yeah this is like really fun i was i just loved it and her passions too like sylvia has a passion for the environment and sustainability and different things so it's all come together the arts and just being creative with very little money that was shocking as well why not take advantage and and see what resources you have so that was excellent absolutely and lots and lots of great insights there hip camp and air dna and you know, many different things. So I hope national you guys, parks. Yes, exactly. Be close to national parks. So I hope everybody enjoyed the episode today. Don't forget to leave a rating and review and Francois, right club nation. What do we say? Customize your life and come grow with us. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the right club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at the where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.